All right. Welcome back to the show. A lot of calls to get to. We have a couple of lines open. Again, I just want to say that Saints fans, NFL fans, the audience here, you guys have been spectacular this week. Your passion for the Saints, for this call, for the game of football has been incredible. Keep it going. You guys are awesome. Fantastic stuff. Tim Zimmer behind the glass. We'll talk to Mike Dettelier here at 920. And if we have time, uh, by popular demand, we'll replay Nick Underhill's sit-in with me yesterday. Pelicans, they're about to fall to Oklahoma City. It is OKC 122, Pelicans 116. Valiant effort in the fourth quarter by the Pels. 34 points, erasing a 20-point deficit, but it's going to be a little... uh, too little too late without Miritich and Anthony Davis and Julius Randle in this game but you know close only counts in horseshoes hand grenades and cow pie fights I suppose not in NBA basketball right back to the phone lines we go we'll go to Kevin in Biloxi welcome to the show Kevin that's Tim thanks for having me you're welcome um I appreciate uh the top of the show and always talking about these lawsuits you know people gotta know that no, NFL is not a publicly traded company. It's a private enterprise, and they can do whatever the hell they want to. Um, so we want to hear from Goodell, but it's the owners we need to uh, email, contact, and say, you know, you want this happening to your team? Right. And uh, two, three more points. How many people would it take to hurt the Super Bowl by not watching it? One million, two million? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, do you have a guess. Do I have a guess? I think that they'd pay attention. What I, I, I think they would pay attention if they see their top-rated NFL market all of a sudden ratings just completely tank here, and the people who buy ads locally here on the station that it will air on, you better bet that if they see what, well, what in the world happened here, NFL? Right. What, you, you, you mean I spent all these monies on these ads, and there's nobody watching down here? Yeah, it's. You know, look, I'm not saying that. It's going to change everything, but, you know, yeah. just a, a little pressure, a little downwards pressure by television raising, even just a little bit, is something. It's going to accomplish well, more than those lawsuits you mentioned, Kevin. Heck, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to retain any of the attorneys who are doing that. Uh, right. Just by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two more quick things. Um, and this is just uh, pie in the sky, but these, this team, they care about each other so much. What are the odds? of everybody wanting to stay together so much, they will shift their money around. I think Drew Brees took a cut a few years ago to help mm. the team. Interesting you bring that up. Let me let me bring this up because Tim right. Zimmer, he's, he's, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get okay. to you just really quickly, though. Uh, Drew Brees yeah. is going to count $33.5 million against the 2019 cap. That'll be a league right. high at the quarterback position. Uh, Tim Zimmer looked that one up for us, Kevin. Yeah, and uh, we're talking about Michael Thomas. You know, gosh, he, that hand yoga has paid off, and uh, we would love to pay whatever we could for him. And finally, something positive. You know, when you're depressed, the number one therapy is to do something. And Who Dat Nation has really got some stuff. I don't know if you've seen it on social media, but we got the Boycott Bowl going on. And it's on Facebook, and mm-hmm. there's already thousands of people committed. Another uh, march, and we're going to meld all this stuff together. We're already getting people to help fund it. We're going to fund it ourselves, and it's going to be during the Super Bowl, and we're going to make a statement. Hey, there together. you go. No, I like we it, are, Kevin. And it's this. And it's, I want you guys to be there. I need. I want WWL. You know, I want Seth and Tim and everybody 
you know, y'all participated. All right. Well, you send me with us. Sure. Send me send me the information uh, on Twitter. You got my handle at Seth Dunlap on Twitter. If you're not following me, follow me. And or Seth at WWL.com if you want to shoot me an email there. And yeah, I, I told you I'm going to it sounds just like the city, right? I mean, th- this city the parades, second lines, very creative ways to, to get past that moment. I think we'll be pretty good at that here. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Greg and Pascagoula. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Seth. You bet. Uh, just uh, one quick question. Well, a statement and a question. Roger Goodell has got to go. No question about that. Uh, but you know, we can't boycott uh, the Saints. If we do that, that's going to just uh, if we boycott the NFL and don't watch any Saints games or anything, that's just going to be playing up Roger Goodell's fiddle. That's, that's what he wants. But my question is, uh, what happened to the ref that made the bad, that no call? I mean, I have, I've not heard nothing about him. Uh, did they fire him in uh, suspend him or what? I, well, I don't know. They have not made any. That just goes back to the NFL remaining completely silent here. They haven't said anything about that. I think at minimum, at minimum, those two guys involved in that call, they, look, let's just be honest here. You, you royally screw up something like that. You should not be working in the National Football League again. If I royally screwed up something here on the air, if I went on a, a cursing rant, if, if I just spent three hours – making up stats and, and talking about stuff that you know didn't even make sense or was just anti-reality i'd get fired and i probably wouldn't be working in radio again right just you got to accept responsibility here yeah that's as far as i want i mean you know i don't even want to get into the, the you know don't show up to the guy's house don't don't stalk those guys don't send them nasty messages i mean they're human um you know that i think their screw-ups cost them their jobs and be done with it there let's go to sarah on a cell phone hey sarah hey um seth i really enjoy listening to you um thanks sarah i just had i have this probably a very naive question so kind of bear with me okay but um if uh tommy lee lewis had not gotten up so quickly and maybe had lain on the ground for a while and the medical staff and the trainers would have had to come out and tend to him would there have been a review of that call? Uh, you know what, Sarah? I've seen that point before, and you're right. He got right up and just kind of ran back towards the huddle because he was trying to say, okay, I just got to move on and play football like he's been coached to. But if he had thrown his arms up in the air and, and made a big scene out of it, I wonder. You know, Sarah, that's a great point. I just wonder if a flag wouldn't have come flying there. Yeah, it's been a burning question in my mind for several days now, and I just thought I'd call and ask about it. No, it's a great question, and here's the thing. I don't I don't ever want – Tommy Lee Lewis did the right thing. That's how I want my receivers to act. I don't – I hate this plague in the NFL where anytime there's an incomplete pass, you have the receiver who was targeted on the throw. He instantly throws his arms up in the air and turns around and looks for a flag – expecting one even when it was obvious you know he wasn't even touched on the play that's just ridiculous Tommy Lee Lewis did the right thing that's how he should act he shouldn't be throwing his arms up and throwing a hissy fit there looking for a flag so I'm not faulting him at all for that but that's a great point Sarah phone lines are open 504-260-1870 that's 504-260-1870 our text line is 870-870. When we come back, Mike Dettelier will join us to give his point of view on the Nola No Call and the Saints' upcoming offseason here on the last lap. If you're on hold, hang on. 
Like all week long, your call, uh, calls, rather, excuse me, till the end of the show. We'll get to them all. But right now, Mike Dettelier is coming on in to give his thoughts on the Nola No Call and the fallout and the little Saints offseason, too. Mike Dettelier at Mike Dettelier on Twitter, of course, NFL and college football analyst here for WWL and host of the second guest show. And, and Mikey, uh, I don't know if this fan base, the city, this area is ever going to get over that moment on Sunday. No, neither will I. Not until my dying breath. Uh, but um, there is a moment where you, you know, you got you get over it. Um, you know, it's you got to let it pass. But uh, yeah, that memory it will be there and to the bitter end for me uh, to see how it ended. Uh, you know, with that no call. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, for, for all the good moments we've seen this year, we're going to remember 2018 for that. Yeah. You know, you think about. Everything that's happened this year and just how this team started out so slow and all of a sudden caught a fire offensively and their young defense came together, it sort of piddled at the end. But to end on that note, and I knew as we were sitting there, as soon as Zerline lined up, I knew he was going to pop it through. So, yeah, it's, it hurts, but you know what? You've got to move on with it. Yeah, I think if you, you're expecting a, an apology from the NFL, uh, I told this to Bobby as we left the press box, if you think that Roger Goodell is going to do this quickly, you can forget it. He's never done this in his entire life as a commissioner. He's a guy that grew up with, in privilege. He's a public relations disaster for the National Football League. Anytime something comes up negatively, but he's he's there to take the bullet and – He's going to take it next week because he's going to be barraged with a lot of questions about it in that State of the Union uh, address that he does. The other thing, Seth, is I mean, you're hearing you know, a lot of people from different areas, some of the sportscasters and some of the old sages of the world, uh, want to tell you about how this is going to uh, impact the NFL in a tremendous way. It ain't going to impact the NFL at all in rule changes. You might have a slight um, look at it or uh, an adjustment uh, to a rule, but it, man, listen, it's almost like listening to a politician try to sell something to a constituency that wants to hear it. The NFL has never done anything in a quick manner, and already we've heard from John Elway, who has said, I like the way instant replay is done. This was an error. We just. You know, I like what we have here. Steve Jones, uh, you know, basic Jerry Jones' son, has made the comment, well, look at maybe a, a rule adaptment or an adjustment, but I like the instant replay like it is. Rich McKay, head of the competition committee, has said, I like less of instant replay, not more. So here's my deal. What I've said from day one, this isn't going to really – change any no matter what somebody's trying to tell you it's not going to dramatically change the league you're not going to have full-time officials you're not going to have an extra official which i think would it is something right off the bat once they got into this helmet to helmet situation to have an official on the field uh along the sidelines with access to a television feed to that he could buzz in to that point and tell the official, hey, 
we need to take a look at something. That really wouldn't hold up the game the same way it wouldn't have held up this game. Once you take a look at that play, that was an easy call. But it all is about money, all about money, and they're not going to do it. Well, there's so many layers here, Mike, and I'm glad you brought up Stephen Jones and John Elway. We went over that yesterday, and, and I told the audience here the same thing you just said, that all signs are pointing to uh, that nothing is going to be done here because you have these old-school NFL guys who think right. the status quo is the best, and the quotes from Elway and Jones – Mike, it blew my mind how out of touch those guys are. Maybe it shouldn't blow my mind. It kind of did. Like Elway is saying, well, these people just want every pass interference play replayed. No. No, I don't. I just want to fail safe in 2019 with all the technology we have where that moment doesn't happen again. I don't even. I don't want Atlanta fan base going through that. I don't want Dallas's fan base going through that. I don't ever want this to happen again in the NFL, but we're sitting here four days later, Mike, and Roger Goodell hasn't said anything. The only thing he's done, I'm sure he's made calls to Elway and Stephen Jones and said, you know, can you come out here and make a statement and say everything's kind of hunky-dory here? It's just absurd, Mike. It, it's just they, they don't see the dumpster fire outside their window. They have never been forward thinking on anything. A couple of weeks ago, we had Gay Culverhouse on, who was the former owner of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, when her dad passed away, she ran the team, and, and she told us numerous times uh, we would go in front of the committee and try to get technology involved. You know, and I've kind of stole her line. Why are we still using guys to hold up 10-yard markers for first downs? Right. You know, my thing is you can't put a chip in the football. You can't use the laser uh, situation like we've seen in soccer. Uh, we've seen in tennis. They use it. Uh, so the NFL doesn't want, and her deal has always been, it's, hey, gay. Uh, and she said, I'm going to paraphrase it. They didn't really tell me this, but it was like, go sit back down. Uh, you got here because your father passed away. We're going to make you a lot of money, and don't worry about it. All will be well. And I think this is what the NFL does in these situations. They kind of put their head in the sand. They let everything sort of cool off, and then it's back to normal. Will they have a small adaption uh, to the game? Possibly. Maybe an adjustment. But it won't be anything major. And, again, I hear all these national guys talking about full-time officiating and using all this technology. They haven't gone one step in that direction. And what they put out initially was, oh, we have all options on the table. Then the next day it was, man, we like instant replay like it is. Then it was, man, listen, this is human error. It could happen. So in essence, what they're telling you without telling you is uh, – let all these other people talk about the rule changes that will be done in these massive changes in the NFL. We're going to give you not a foot. We may give you a third of an inch, and that will be satisfied. And, listen, we do live in a society, Seth, that what happened today might not be so relevant in March when the owners' meeting comes around. We, we do live in that world. So – um, I think if there's any change, it would be a minor one. Why couldn't you go to the CFL rule, who are way ahead of the game? They put in the 2014 rule, and, and I've done some work there with the CFL. So uh, they put in that you can challenge pass interference calls. And, it, again, I think it's been overturned a little less than 40% of the time. So, you know, they did it. And if the CFL can do it, why couldn't the NFL do it?
I don't know, Mike. That's that's a question that I can't, I can't answer. Only a couple of minutes left. I do want to ask your response when you hear. Really, it's everybody in the even the national media who's based in L.A. try to frame this as an indictment on Sean Payton's play calling or Drew Brees' performance in that game. What's your response to guys and gals who are talking like that? Well, first thing first, they pointed toward Sean and said, "Look how idiotic that was to throw the football on first down." And then they never realized it was Drew that audible to play out. Right. He called the run. On that play, uh, that play, Seth, and looking back, they've run that play inside the 30-yard line eight times. It's worked seven. Man, listen, if I bet eight times and I won seven, I'd do that damn thing again. So, Sean's always been an aggressive coach. Uh, what, you think this, because it's the NFC Championship game, he's going to change? That, that's always been how he's coached. And Drew threw a bad pass on that play. He just threw a bad pass on it. Uh, I, I do think you always look back, at, and even Coach Payton has brought this up, and we've done shows with him about that final game kind of tells you a little bit about what you do in the future. And I think one of the things he's got to be looking at is, where was the running game the last month of the year? Uh, and a lot of that had to do with injuries up front. And so I sort of believe that, yes, this team needs a veteran wide out. They need a veteran tight end. But you also got to take a long look at bringing in some depth along that offensive line uh, because of the age of Max Unger, the injury factor with Teron Armstead, and Larry Wolford was playing on one leg. He had a, a knee injury that affected him from late November on. I think that is going to stick with Sean, and I do think that that is going to have a telltale on this football team as they reach free agency that it just won't be wide receiver and tight end. They're going to take a long look at that offensive line, not to be in that spot again. Yeah, Mike, we're up against that hard break. Buddy, always appreciate the analysis, and we'll be talking about this all offseason, I'm sure. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, Mike Dettelier, at Mike Dettelier on Twitter, NFL and college football analyst here for WWL. Your call's coming back in just 60 seconds. A text from the 504, Seth, Mike, if they change nothing, I cease being a fan. I can't watch anymore. The game appears rigged. Here's a text from the 985. If the rules for this game aren't changed for the playoffs, a continued sports betting boycott might get attention. A couple of opinions from our listeners at the text line at 870-870. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll go to Eric in the Marini. Eric, what's going on? Hey, what a wonderful show tonight. Uh, a lot of astute callers, and your last segment was just fantastic. Thanks, Eric. Uh, I want to comment on the, I want to comment on the lawsuit. Um, as a disclosure, I'm an attorney. I've been doing civil, uh, civil work for about 15 years, mm-hmm. and I completely agree that I don't think this lawsuit has a snowball's chance in you know where of getting any of the kind of the results that people want to jump up and down and say, oh, we're going to replay the last two minutes or we're going to have a redo. It's not going to happen. And, in fact, I, I honestly think this thing's probably going to be dead next week. Uh, that being said, I can tell you with absolute certainty that this lawsuit absolutely has the NFL kind of shaking in their boots because there is a small chance, no matter how small, that this thing doesn't get killed. And if it doesn't get killed, then we enter the interesting world of what's called discovery. Because if I file a lawsuit against you saying you did me wrong, I have the right to start asking you some really, really uncomfortable questions because the burden is on me to prove my point, And I can only do that by getting the information. So I start asking what are your training procedures for your refs? How do you grade your refs? Let me see the training records and let me see the grades of the refs. 
Who decides what refs go to what cities and why? How do they perform when they're there? All kinds of things that one of your callers who recently said, the NFL is a private, in, uh, private company. They don't have to disclose this. And he's absolutely right. If you and I wrote a letter asking for that information, sure. they would say, go pound sand. But if I have a lawsuit pending and I say, I need this information, you say no, then I go right to the judge and say, Your Honor, I really, really need this. This is really key for me to prove my lawsuit. And then the judge makes a decision. Well, Eric, and- I, th- look, that is um, no, that is great insight here. Eric said he's a lawyer. Um, I really appreciate it. You're right. Discovery has been talked about uh, quite a bit. Um, I think on, on Newell's show they were talking about that. I, I want to say I heard it on Tommy as well. And that's only in, like you, you framed it well, the, I don't know, a 1% chance that a Saints fan who's a judge somewhere sends this on to a, a higher court, it would certainly be appealed. And I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Gary in Mid-City. Gary, how you doing tonight? Hey, Seth, how's it going, brother? It's going. Hey, it's going. This was this was a league hit, man. It was a league hit, man. I'm telling you, uh, the mayor of Atlanta say anybody but the Saints. Two days later, the Saints lose. Two days later, she's like ringing the bell at New York Stock Exchange with Roger Goodell. No, the owner was. No, I don't think the mayor of it was the mayor of Atlanta. And I, I know what you're. I know what you're saying here. But do you you think? Uh, okay, I don't want to get into the nuance of that because that's going to get us way off track. But you you think this is a top down conspiracy of the NFL? Absolutely. That's why the the good day I haven't said anything yet, but he just happened to be at the New York Stock Exchange with the mayor and with uh, the owner ringing let, the bell. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If this was some vast conspiracy where no, 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 so it's many, not vast. it's not vast. Well, who's involved? Uh, uh, the the referee who missed the call was the hitman. So Who's just playing? so all the referees on the game field and they were getting their direction from who in the league office. Not all the referees. You don't need everybody. You don't need everybody. You just pick your spot. You just pick your spot. But I'm just saying, it just seems so strange that after she say anybody but the Saints, then then the Saints lose like they lost. And then next time I see her, she's ringing the bell with Goodell in New York City. Yeah, I mean, don't you think that there would be people here in this city, and heck, maybe Latoya Cantrell would have said the same thing. The mayor of New Orleans, if they had a chance, the Falcons to come here for a Super Bowl, that we wouldn't absolutely. be. You absolutely, you know what I mean? Absolutely, like, yeah, absolutely. So, Seth. I'm just putting that out there, man. Sure. That's what, I, okay, that's what yeah. it looked like to me. All right, I get it, you. Well, it, I, I'll it, tell you this, Gary. It, it, it wasn't a blown. It wasn't a, a missed call. He didn't miss it. Well, I mean, he did miss it, but I understand your point, and I think a lot of fans agree with you that they're worried that maybe there was something nefarious going on there. Thanks for the call, Gary. How about Joe in the Marini? Lots of callers from the Marini tonight. like it. Uh, Joe, what's going on? Hey, uh, what's you say, man? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying my piece here. <laughs> I've been saying it for four days now. I heard that. Um, yeah, I heard him uh, say that, you know, look like uh, – Lewis couldn't have made a play on the ball. You know, the ball looks like it was thrown from from behind Lewis. It looks like it was thrown to the right and down. And in order for Coleman to actually make a play on the ball, he would have had to turn around right back uh, in towards his body, away from uh, momentum, towards the way he was running from, or play through Lewis in order to make a play on the ball, which would have been into Lewis's right hand. So to me, it really looks like you know, it, you know, I, it, he could have made a play on the ball, and that, and man, it was just a, 
just a blatant, flagrant foul. And I've really, I'm trying to think, I've never seen a pass interference just so violent. You know, yeah, um, no, that's the whole. That's 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 another. Again, that's just another layer. I keep talking about all the layers. They, they, there's so many pieces of this, Joe. Yes, that was about the most blatant pass interference call that I have ever seen. And I, you know, maybe there has been a call before something like that in some meaningless game I've watched somewhere where there was a hit like that that wasn't called pass interference. There probably was, but I can't remember one. And there certainly hasn't been one in the NFL in a championship game in the final two minutes that decided a contest like that. That's the bottom line here. That's why it's the worst call in NFL history. Let's go to Jules in New Orleans. Jules, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. How you doing, man? We're, we're good. How about you? Good, good. I'm great. I'm great. Hey, look, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm past the emotional part of this game. Uh, so I, I want to just talk a little objectivity right here. And that is I, uh, 100% it was a blown no call. But let's just for a moment talk about how we got there. And I heard, I heard, I don't know who was it, Mike Tatillier that was on. Yep, that was him. All right, that 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 play worked seven out of eight times. I, I heard all that. But let's just look at the situation. You had a, a what less than two minutes on the clock, right? Yeah, one uh, forty-eight at that moment. Right. All right, and we and we got four downs. We 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 we're at least uh, where were we? Like the eighteen, seventeen yard line, somewhere around there. Yeah, yep. Right. Okay. So L.A. had one timeout. So you run the ball. You force them to use their timeout. Well, what what when, uh, if you're going back to first down, they actually had two timeouts, Mike. Uh, uh, Jules, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you force them to use both timeouts. Okay. All right. Now you kick the field goal, or you may even get a touchdown. Who knows? But anyway, if let's say you kick the field goal, now you have less than a minute for what, 40, 50 seconds. No, you'd have a, you'd have somewhere between a minute five, and depending on if they run the kickoff back or not, a minute five to one minute on the clock. Okay. All right. So 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 sixty five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And. You can't trust your defense for 65 seconds. Well, let me let me put this in perspective. I understand what you're saying here, Jules, but let me put this in perspective for you. The Rams, when they got the ball back, they used no timeouts and got it down to the 30-yard line in 53 seconds. So, yes, they had plenty of time to get it in the range of Greg Zerline, who has the biggest leg of any kicker maybe in NFL history. And just remember here, like Mike said, we've said on the program all week, Sean Payton called a run on first down. It was Drew Brees who checked to the short slant route on the left side to Mike Thomas, and it was a good check. It was a great audible because he was open. Drew just flat out missed the throw, dovetailed it into the ground. If he hits Michael Thomas, either it's about a five- to six-yard gain or it's a touchdown. I don't have a problem with the play call. I don't have a problem with the audible. Obviously, the pass wasn't good. That's on Drew, but this isn't about play calling. 504-260-1870, text line 870-870. Tim Zimmer behind the glass. I'm Seth Dunlap. It's more catharsis week on the last lap. Getting through this. Thanks for all your calls. Plenty more to come here. I'm Seth Dunlap on the last lap. Text from the 985. When will I be allowed to call in and talk Pelicans? Well, look, we're just getting through this this week. I, you know I am a basketball guy. 
I talk Pelicans on my show every night. Even the last three days, I've managed to squeeze in a segment of Pelicans talk. And we'll talk a little bit here in hour number 10. So we'll talk it then. But let's be honest here. This is what everybody, not only in the city or the world, wants to talk about. It's what everybody in our audience wants to talk about. So that's what we're focusing on. But I get you. Trust me. Hoops are coming. By the way, I'm using college basketball to help me get through this. Watch a little Zags tonight. Gonzaga Bulldogs. Boy, the dream matchup for me, Tim, LSU, Gonzaga, NCAA Tournament, Sweet 16. Let's go, right? Will that be fun or what? Kind of pulling for Gonzaga, Virginia, only because that's who I kind of put a little bet on. (laughs) Yeah, I heard about that. I think that's a good bet. It's a really good bet. Another text from the 985. It doesn't matter what the Saints did before or after that play. At that moment, there was a game-changing, season-ending infraction that was inadvertently ignored. I like how that was phrased, inadvertently ignored. I, I, I don't think, again, I don't think this was advertent. I think this was the worst mistake, officiating mistake, maybe in football history. Not excusing that at all, obviously, with what I've said all week long, but I agree with the texture there. Back to the phone lines. We'll go to the West Bank. Tony, you're on WWL. Yes, Seth. Uh, great show tonight. Thanks for taking my call. Look, I want to make uh, one comment, and I also have some important information for you. And okay. before I say anything, don't, don't, don't think I'm crazy. I want you to look, at, look it up. It's credible information from a guy that used to be in the Colombo crime family out of New York. But first of all, did you see the pictures that are floating all over the Internet? of uh, what's, what's the head coach of the Rams named Sean McVay? Sean McVay, yeah. Uh, before the game, he was in the tunnel uh, before you come out, and he was there standing shoulder to shoulder walking down the breezeway to go through the tunnel with the uh, head official with the white hat and, and all the other officials. So, I mean, what's that all about before the game starts? Uh, well, like I mean, let me tell you, with. I want to dispel those rumors. I have seen those pictures. Coaches do that sometimes. They have conversation with these officials. That is allowed. That is protocol, um, really. And I mean from the high school level, from the AAU level, from Little League, all the way into the professional levels. That is within the bounds of the coach-official relationship. I don't have any problem with that. In fact, Sean Payton has many um, conversations with officials plenty of times, before, during, and after the games in the tunnel or on the field. So I I don't have a problem with that part, Tony. Go ahead. Okay, and here's the important information I want you to look up and I want want all the listeners out there to look up, and it's really going to raise some eyebrows. Look up Michael Franzies, F-R-A-N-Z-E-E, I believe you spell it. He was in the Colombo crime family back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and a big moneymaker for the Colombo crime family. And they ran with all the other crews of the Gambinos and the John Gottis. His dad just got out of jail in New York, uh, I guess for racketeering and everything that the uh, uh, sports betting, everything that the, 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 the mafia did back in the day. And I think it still exists, not like it did back then. But he is on YouTube talking about sports betting, and he says it still goes on today, not as prevalent as it did back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But he said when big money was on ball games and, 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 and people wanted the big cities to, to go to the championship, he said the mafia would go ahead and find out where these referees lived at and show up at their doorstep and say, here's $100,000. You're going to make some calls go my team's way. And, the, and if you know if you're an honest guy, you're going to say no. And the guy pushes the money back over the table and says, yes, you are, if you want to see your family next week. I believe that that referee was paid off by somebody. Absolutely, 100%. Look it up. Michael Franzese, Mafiosa, and, and, right. and sports 
Yeah, look it up. Okay. All right, Sony. Yes, deep in the weeds, Tony. The Twilight Zone. No, uh, Tony, look, a little good-natured ribbing there. That obviously was a very vast woven conspiracy theory that you just told us there. I will say Tony is right. Everything he said there, at least I do know some of that. Maybe not. I don't know all the details that he talked about, but yes, I have seen the stories where the mob 30, 40 years ago pressured officials into certain decisions. So he's right there. Does that happen now? I don't know. Tim. I forgot to tell Saints fans, we all need to wish Rams head coach Sean McVay a happy 33rd birthday today. Forgot that his birthday was today. So yeah, well, okay. Huda Nation, we can wish him a happy 33rd ha- birthday. Yeah. Okay, happy birthday, Sean. Congratulations on turning another Tom year Brady's 41, older so. in your life. Well, Andrew Whitworth, 37. The left tackle. Boy, Andrew Whitworth kind of stepped in it today. Uh, I understand he's the left tackle. I don't think he went completely out of bounds with his comments that he made to was the Dan Patrick show, I believe. But he just he, he he sounded a little bitter, and he was saying some things that uh, kind of taking shots to some people in the Saints locker room and people who believe the Saints kind of got jobbed. And and I get it, whatever. And, I'll leave that there. I didn't want to really go into that today because, look, these Rams players can say whatever they want. They're playing in the Super Bowl. Good for them. All right, more of your phone calls coming back, 504-260-1870, text line 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. Thanks for listening tonight on The Last Lap. Straight back to your phone calls here. First up, it's Gerard in Mandeville. Welcome to the show, Gerard. Hey, Seth. How you doing tonight? Hey, good. What's up, man? Well, I'm a soft conspiracy guy. First of all, I just can't get over the fact that, if my information is correct, I know we, we keep, keep saying two of the officials are from Los Angeles, but two other officials are from California. Uh-huh, right. And, and, and these are supposedly all-star officials handpicked by the NFL. And then I, I further read on the Internet that not only do they handpick these guys, but they look at teams' tendencies and they, and they pick them – according to the team's tendencies. Now, if, if we think back to Atlanta. I think wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Before we go, because it sounds like you're going to piggyback off that, where did you hear that they did you pick the officials for those crews based off the team tendencies? Uh, it was on the Internet. It was just, I just Googled, uh, you know, how do NFL officials, or how are NFL officials picked? I don't, I, I, look, from everything that I know, that second part isn't true. That second, they right. go off of how you're graded in the regular season, and then yes, they do pick these right. all-star crews. I don't, I, from everything that I know, it has nothing to do with team tendencies that they're getting ready to officiate. Right. Well, it's, it's going to get into what I think about team tendencies because the Saints have had some problems. Well, that's it. But it, Brad Gerard, this is the yeah. thing, though. I mean, you, I, the reason that I don't really want you to go into it is because it's just not true. So, I mean, I. I don't want to spend another two minutes talking about something that I kind of just debunked here. Appreciate the call, though. Let's go to Ginger in Metairie. Ginger, welcome to the show. Hi, Seth. I appreciate you taking my call. Can you hear me? We can. Yep. We got about 30 seconds uh, until the break. Okay, okay good. Um, I don't want to uh, – there's, there's a lot I could say, but uh, I'm so tired of people saying that, um, you know, if the Saints could have done this, that, and the other. It's a playoff game. How many times has Bobby Bear said, I don't care if you win by one point. It's a playoff game. 
The, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots game was a close game. It was it, it went into overtime. It's not. It's you're talking about the top teams in the NFL. But I want to ask you a question. Do you think why I don't understand? Like um, I've always known the NFL. You know, money talks. I, I know that's what gets their attention. Uh, for years, they d- denied CTE existed. Mm-hmm. All the lawsuits made them recognize that it does exist. Are they not getting sued anymore? Because. No, yeah, but let me answer that because we're up against the break, uh, Ginger. Yes, the lawsuit is progressing. Still another hour to go. Don't go anywhere. Phone lines open.